0: Welcome to Leading From Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, welcome to another episode of Leading From Alignment with our good friend John Opoluski. How are you
1: today, John? Hey, Jim, I'm good. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, I we almost didn't record today because we have so much to talk about uh, beforehand. Yeah. I, I feel like I have therapy session with you, you know, right before we get on recording yeah. every time. And uh, so just, I, I'm doing better than I was 20 minutes ago. Right. And it, it isn't
0: therapy because you're going through something. It's it's therapy because Converge is growing. It is yeah. expanding. It's doors are opening and it's such an exciting time for this ministry. And uh, we want to thank everybody who's a part of this right now, yeah. listening, watching, sharing this, because you are instrumental in, in the growth of what uh, the goals are. Converge has a goal. I don't know if people know this, but the numerical goals. Can I share those? The sure, 2025? Yeah. So twenty-five thousand leaders influenced uh, by the year twenty twenty-five. By the and end of
1: by the end of twenty twenty-five. Yeah. By the end of us let's not steal that last year. Yeah, give you me another much. year, yeah. Jim. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and and the good news is it, it was probably a, not a pipe dream, but a really ambitious goal just a couple yes. of years ago. But now the, it's coming into focus as it multiplies and grows and. So thank you, our watchers and listeners, and uh, praying for us as we pray for you and and the kingdom of God is advancing in, in a variety of wonderful ways and converges is really positioned. We you know, of course, you don't know these things when you set these goals, but here we are now, you know, the the mental health crisis, both mm-hmm. in the pulpit, in the congregation, in the boardroom, in leadership, in the family room, And so God has prepared you for such a time as this, John. So
1: thanks for sharing.
0: Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, pod number 146, what we're getting ready for today?
1: Sure. The title is called Hours or Outcomes. Hours or Outcomes. That might seem like an odd title to some, but uh, it really isn't to me. Uh, uh, Several weeks ago, I was uh, working with a wonderful client of ours uh, who's recovering from severe burnout. Um, He's doing much better. He's not all the way back yet, but he's making great strides. And, uh, and we had an interesting conversation a while back. Uh, he, he was, he's getting ready to go into a new assignment, uh, into a new role at a different church in a different city.
0: Right. And,
1: um, and he's going as he was a lead pastor, but he's going more as an associate. Uh, so hmm. he, he'll be working for a, a lead pastor. And, uh, and our whole time together, Jim, was unpacking the struggle he was having around this hour structure of this new place he's going to. The hour structure,
0: the, like the, the daily requirements nine to five, Monday yes. through Friday stuff. Gotcha. Well,
1: right. So the church staff he's going to be serving on has a a structured office hour schedule, but it's a lot lighter than what he's used to. <laughs> and he's okay and he's and actually it's healthier. <laughs> yeah. Used sure right. um, and we were working through how and he's saying, John, help me figure out, let's talk through how I'm going to adjust to this new rhythm uh, of work. And and so we spent the entire hour talking about hours versus outcomes. Um, yeah, that's good. You know, uh, and, and I think where we landed is, of course, we need to put in hours to get good outcomes. Yeah, but but putting in hours doesn't guarantee good outcomes. Absolutely. And 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 really, what matters more to you as a leader, hours Mm -hmm. or outcomes? And uh, you know, my hope is that all of us would answer outcomes. Um, Yes, absolutely. But I know that not to be true because he's not the first leader, (laughs) right? (laughs) That has come to us saying, you know, complaining some in some way, shape, or form, Uh, and sometimes it's they're 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 frustrated with themselves and sometimes they're frustrated with their team yeah. and uh so you know I'd like to talk about a couple of things in here today Jim one is some issues that seem to bubble up when we're having this conversation with leaders and then maybe some things we can do about some of yeah. those those issues but I first of all I'd love to just to hear your thought on this idea or this topic today
0: yeah I, I... Outcomes can take months, years, decades, a lifetime and hours. I can measure today. I worked 60 hours last week there. I don't maybe nothing happened, but I'm proud that like my grandfather before me and my father before me, I went to the factory called the church and I built, I, you know, I screwed this nut in this bolt for eight hours. And I, I, I can see why one is satisfying. The other one takes a little while. I, I think, mm. I think a house painter, Walks into a house and at the end of an hour, he can see what he's accomplished. An artist, you know, it's an infinite thing. It did will it ever be finished? Will it ever be done? And ministry is far more art than it is house painting. That's right. So if I painted a room, I could take, I can take a break, I can drink a Gatorade, I can eat a sandwich and look at what I've done. Pastors can't do that in an hour very often. There aren't many hours that have that. And the trap then would be, right, that let's just let's just put in hours, but without measuring outcomes, you're not really sure if the hours are fruitful or not. And that's our command. Yeah, produce fruit that will last.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so as we work through this question with with leaders, uh, there are three things that seem to bubble up all the time. Yeah, uh, and sometimes it's one of these three, sometimes it's all of these three. Um, the first one is trust, and and, yeah. and leaders either they don't trust themselves or they don't trust their team. Yeah. And they ask the, they, they ask the question, and, and this is verbatim, am I being lazy when yeah. they're wrestling with this, you know, our hours or outcomes, hours or outcomes? Am I being lazy or <laughs> is my team being lazy? Right. So it's, it's, there's a trust uh, issue that I think is at the root of this dilemma that we, we yeah. deal with. Um, another one is fit because I, I found this that if I'm the right person in the right seat doing the right things, um, I rarely have to be motivated, yeah to work harder, yeah, as so a matter the of, opposite yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as a matter of fact, that you, you you said it, you know i i I often need to be told to back off yeah. or slow down yeah. right and 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 I think that is that is one of the things that really kind of bubbles up is like, you know, are do you have the right people in the right seat doing the right thing? And huge and if you don't um, uh, that's where you start having to think more about hours, right? Because yeah. you're not maybe getting the production you want or that you hope for. And, and so fit is, is a, is a root issue when it comes to this discussion or this conversation. And here's the third thing. It's just, Uh, it's, it's the word hours, but I'm thinking about it this way, fairness of hours, you know, what's fair to expect of myself and my team. Um, Yeah. Jim, my perspective, I think, I think this has been my perspective. I haven't been able to articulate it this way for, for the last 25 years, but for the last 25 years, my, my uh, perspective is this, that your outcomes actually prove whether or not you're putting in the right amount of hours. Yes. Right? That, Yeah. Or whether you're putting in the hours on the right stuff. You know, if you're, if you're, right. you know, because I know people who work a lot of hours and there's a lot of wasted hours in there. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. not focused. If you're a pastor, um, you get, you get interrupted. A lot or and if you are getting interrupted a lot, there's some mechanisms you need to put in place to help with that. Yes, but the job <laughs> left to yourself, the job is disruptive, right? Yes, and so you can be putting in a long week and and really, if you really took a long, hard look at it, you would see a lot of wasted space uh, in yeah. there. um so i I would personally, Jim, I wonder what you feel about this. I would personally. Prefer to manage to outcomes rather than ours. Yeah.
0: What do you? Think? Yeah, and and I think I think back to the thought of being interrupted. There are certain things that, for whatever reason, require our full attention. Mm-hmm. And and so a lot of those things I do before I come to the office. My morning devotion time, for example, mm-hmm. exercise time, um, the time of prayer, writing a message. I mm-hmm. because people don't call me at five o'clock in the morning with emergencies. Very uh, odd, you know, two a year, three a year. For the most part, that I know that that time will be my time with God and, and it won't be interrupted. I know they have young families and things, but back to the hours versus outcomes, I could work on a message for eight hours at the office, but I'm, a, I'm interrupted every 15 minutes by someone who, who rightfully thinks all I need is one minute of his time. What they don't realize is over the last hour, five of you have walked in for one minute of my time. And so I, I have a, a sticker. I don't use it anymore, but I had a big sticky note. And I said, if you um, disturb me, be prepared to find a pastor who is disturbed. And I did and I did it a, like a smiley face, but I had like shark teeth on it and like like mean eyebrows down. And that made the point that if my door is closed, there's a reason. Yeah. And you have to trust me that it's it's closed. I'm not I won't keep it closed all day. But while I'm in here, it needs to be closed because I'm doing something important right now. My door is closed. Right. They know. Not That hey, you got one minute because my door is closed. We have, I've taught them, don't walk in when the door is closed. But very rarely will I go an hour without walking outside of my office. Send me a text, all those sort of things. So I I think again, we there's a combination here, right? What are the quality of the hours? That's going to help the quality of the outcome. Because certainly, if we're just measuring hours, I could spend eight hours studying on a sermon that would have only taken me two hours if I'd have been, if I'd have made those, those hours quality.
1: Right. See if 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 you can produce A-level work, yeah. if you're a full-time employee, let's say a full-time staff member at a church, if you can produce A-level work in 40 hours or less per week, more power to you. That's my, yeah. that's my perspective, right? Yep. yep. Um, but if you're working 60 hours a week and producing C-level work, yeah. while I appreciate mm. the effort to some degree, we need to talk about that work weekly. Yes. Um, yes. I appreciate your effort, but we have to take a long, hard look at how you're approaching work. Do yeah. we have you doing the right things? Are you, right. are you in the right slot? Uh, is your approach to work sound? Um, yeah. And so I think a big question for those who lead uh, is, is this, what do I care about the most? Right. Good. Great question. Do I care more about hours or do I care more yeah. about outcomes? Yeah, I right. I, re, I think if I lead a church staff, um, I think part of our job is to be not in the office, yeah, um, rather to be in the field. I, yeah. I I've heard of some pastors who've required their student ministries guys to stop spending and gals to stop spending so much time at the schools, and and to get into the office instead, and and it makes oh, me my. scratch my head, you know, like yeah. Don't yeah. you want your your youth pastor to be on site at schools? And and maybe I'm being yeah. simplistic about it, um, but I've heard of that. So so yeah. I think I think Jim, maybe there's a middle ground here, right? Somewhere there's uh, you know where does health reside when it comes to this subject of hours versus outcomes? And so that's where I'd like to spend the rest of our yeah. time with on uh, this pod today is you know, uh, let's look at maybe three things uh, together about how do I land in a desirable spot with this hours or outcomes deal? Here's three things I think will really help. The first one is clear written objectives. Yep. And I want everybody who's listening or watching to say out loud, written.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Because Uh, if it's clear in your head, that doesn't mean it's clear to anybody else. And it may right. not even be clear to you. I, I found that when I start writing stuff down, I get a lot more clear, clarity. Yes. Um, and and so outline what you're wanting people to accomplish and right. and add some time constraints to that. Uh, take some time to define what a win looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you're going to have to probably lay some parameters for people, you know, like, you know, you can't spend $400,000 to get this accomplished or yeah. something like that. What do you think yeah. about the first one? Is that, is that being too simplistic, you think, Jim? Or do you think I, you no, know? I think it's being thorough. I, and I, I find that if it's
0: not written down, uh, people say, remember what we talked about? And I said, I don't remember even having coffee with you. I, it's, mm-hmm. it's gone. So, but something written does take a different piece of real estate in my brain that is much easier mm-hmm. to recall. I would go so far as to say, not only writing it down, but having them sign it, not not contractually, but I, I have read this. I understand this is very important. I've read this. These are the outcomes that my job requires. You know, this is the expectation of my hours, of my fruitfulness, et cetera. And I agree to these terms. I, I, I've even gone so far as to have not only the person, but I have a concern their wife, their spouse, sign it as well. So they understand that they don't have to work 60 hours a week. That's not, I'm not asking them for that, but if they're working that. That I didn't ask them to do that, um, but you do have to be a church with your spouse. So you, your marriage is seen in your ministry. That's that's important to me.
1: Yeah.
0: So the wife goes, "Well, you hired my spouse, not me." It's like, no, no, it's a family ministry. We 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 need to see you as a married couple ministering, and so I'll I'll make sure that the spouse sometimes signs those expectations. We have right. it written in our manifesto. Um, that is one of the key questions we we spend time talking about. This is how you will win. In this position on our staff this is what we'll expect of you. And so there's ever a problem we come back to what's written, what's signed, what's discussed, what's culturally known, and say, Do you see how you're outside of that? So no, I, I think writing, I think it, it takes on a different level of authority. I think I'm I can be I can be bold uh, with my words in writing in a way I can't be bold with my words when I'm talking to somebody because I don't hurt their feelings. So I make a joke sure. out of it. Yeah. I try to soften it versus an expectation. You will. You won't always sign your name, you know, that I I think I I don't want to be too contractual, but we set people up for failure
1: when we don't make clear what our expectations are. Right. So, so that's the first thing I think will be helpful to get you landing in a good spot between hours or outcomes. Second one is, I think is is a structured approach to work. Yeah. we spent an entire podcast pod 143. Uh, talking about a plan of attack for your work. And I think yes. if you've got a good game plan. It improves the chance, chances that your hours are going to be spent in the right spots.
0: Absolutely. It's a, Absolutely. I
1: think so much of this is about spending our hours in the right spots, right? I've got... Yeah. I've got yeah. this beautiful, it's not beautiful, it's just, I think it's beautiful, this whiteboard in my office. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you'll listen or watch Pod 143 and you'll understand all of the yeah. all of the goodness that I, I see in it. But um there's a there's a thing in my current quarter goal uh, quadrant that I've been thinking about for months and months yeah. and months, and it's in my quadrant now. And I made a phone, I I mean I sent an email to somebody today that I think can help me figure that out. Why did I do that? Because it was sitting on my whiteboard yeah. and I had planned yeah. it. And, and and so if you lead a team, I hope you spend, I hope you do this. I hope you spend some one-on-one time with your team on a regular basis. Um, yeah. You'll have to figure out the cadence of that and what, what makes sense. Um, but I believe part of those one-on-one yeah. meetings should include discussion around how are you approaching work. You know, how much? Yeah. And 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 you could get too granular here, but I'm curious if if they're especially if they're struggling uh, to to get yeah. good outcomes, is you know, tell me about how you're attacking this. Yeah. Yeah. How much time are you spending on that? When are you spending time on that? Um, right. And 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 helping your team learn how to work uh in a way that lends to the outcomes you're hoping for yeah talk to me a little bit about that
0: one jim well i i think back to the the guy that paints the walls and the guy that paints a masterpiece it's a lot of scripture is written from the viewpoint of of military agriculture you know things that happen you milk a cow or the cow dies you you feed a goat or the goat dies you you water your sheep or your sheep die there's a there's very much an immediate cause and effect that helps you understand. So if a farmer goes, gee, I wonder if I'm weeding enough. He gets to look at his field and sees a bunch of weeds or he doesn't. The question is answered. So this is more art though. This, you know, really that's what I think coming back to your first statement Mm -hmm. about knowing, knowing what really matters, what are the desired outcomes? And I think being careful of that, where it's not, we want to double the youth group. What does that mean? Is that, is that discipleship? Is that evangelism? Is that, right you know double like what do you have to do to double a youth group and as a youth group healthy if it's then doubled yeah i, I those, you have to be careful of what that what we want is biblical and and then we again we constantly are tweaking to get more fruitful more fruitful <laughs> less effort more fruitful you see anybody that's a professional athlete that is older than every other athlete on the floor they've learned to do the same thing with less energy they yeah. they've become more intelligent in how they get the rebound or where. are You know Wayne Gretzky's famous for I I just I know where the puck's going to be so that's where I am and he had a long career. Uh, Oh, who's the the baseball pitcher that pitched forever? Like his son was in the major leagues the same time he was. Yeah, how did that happen? I just I learned how to do more with less and I I think it isn't more with less. It's more efficient with what you have. Yeah. So if it's important and your team doesn't know about it, it's it's your fault. There's weeds in the field. If you're you know, if what you care about is not being tended to, it's your fault. The sheep are dying of thirst. It has to be a well-known, well-stated priority that's shared by your staff. And remember, it's art. So there will always be the tweaking. It's that's not right. painting walls; it's painting a masterpiece.
1: Yeah. That, so that's really a good, a good point, Jim. So we're talking about how do we find this healthy spot between that tension between hours and outcomes? Yeah. Clear written yeah. objectives, a structured yeah. approach to work.
0: And then thirdly,
1: I think this, and this might seem a little counterintuitive, but hopefully after we've talked about it a little bit, it'll become uh, more intuitive. And that is celebrating the right things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So if, if you as a, the leader are always talking about how busy you are, what message do you think your team is hearing? You know, what are, yeah. what are you telling them is important? Yeah. I think the answer is obvious. You're telling them that hours
0: matter, yeah. you,
1: yeah. that that's the prize. That's the, that's the standard. Yeah. That's the thing that's going to get uh, the attention around here. Instead, yeah. can I, can I challenge all of us, uh, Jim, you and I, and those who are listening and watching, instead of celebrating your workaholism, um, how about celebrating wins? Yeah. How about celebrating good outcomes? Yeah. How about this? Celebrate margin. How about that? And so I think, I think what gets celebrated actually gets done over and over and over. You're
0: creating culture. Yeah. You create culture by
1: celebration. Yeah. And I guess maybe that's what I'm talking about here is, is, is that making, outcomes part of the culture you know 20 years in the business world helped me with this so much Jim yeah my boss did not care how many hours I worked right all he cared was where's the production where's the output is it quality is it is it is it actually is it in the business world is it driving the bottom line you know is it yeah, and if and if, yeah. I, and if I could accomplish that in 30 weeks, he looked fantastic to his boss because his team was meeting objectives. He didn't yeah. care. And yeah. if I worked 60 <laughs> hours a week and wasn't yeah. meeting objectives, he was upset. He was steamed. Yeah, he said, don't you know how hard I'm working? I don't care how hard you're yeah. working. It's a yeah. little more yeah. cut and dried <laughs> in the business <laughs> world. But I'm trying to yeah. make a point here: the culture the culture in the in the corporate arena was definitely outcomes yes outcome based that's what mattered the most i think yeah. sometimes in the church world we celebrate hours we celebrate yeah. effort and I'm, there's nothing wrong with effort there's nothing wrong with hours but sure. yeah sure you know if if you're a leader would you rather manage hours or outcomes yeah that's your choice as a leader, but yeah. for me, managing to the clock is exhausting. Right. Managing the outcomes, it's exciting to me. Yeah. So what yeah. do you think about that
0: final? Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking while you were talking about it, I, I think as a leader, you're going to attract people with your culture or repel people with your mm-hmm. culture. And the best leaders are those who've been doing it, I would assume for a long time, very successfully, and if they see that the only way to be a leader in your organization is to be a workaholic you that you will only attract workaholics you will repel the balanced people the wise people um and it is the, the law of the lid i think john maxwell calls it where if your leadership is a 7 you cannot attract 8s 9s and 10s you'll attract basically you'll you'll tolerate a 4 and you'll you'll celebrate a 6 but you know an 8 says i don't want to i don't want to serve on a team that's being led by someone who's not as good a leader as I am. And we see this often in our music department through that, through the years, you get an hmm. awesome instrumentalist and all of a sudden everybody that is sitting in the congregation, that's awesome wants to play on that worship team. But if you put out front something that's less than awesome, whatever that is, the awesome people don't want to play on that team. They, they see it as a, a frustration. So I, I think, I think even to that far that if you're measuring things that really matter and you're, you're uh, engaging people that are excellent and you're delegating to people and trusting them and they're trusting you, man, all, all the pistons are firing and you're on your way right. to a, to a great outcome with healthy people for a long time. And I think that's the key to you're not on your way to a great success that you can talk about uh, two years ago and you you got burned out and had to leave. But mm-hmm. the success that's ongoing, Jesus modeled this, right? There, there are some amazing stretches of work in, in the gospels. But what we don't recognize is they walked from one town to the other, breathed a lot of fresh air, you know, sat by a campfire, cooked their meals. Right. You know, uh, there was there was a lot of time in between a lot of those great stories. There was there was exercise. There was sunshine. There was water. There were mountains. There were friends. So I I, I just think that, again, just that right rhythm, that right health, like the stuff you preach all the time, John, is it? we cannot hear enough of it because. The world wants wants microwave, wants results, wants not outcomes. But, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're going to fail, at least work really hard while you're failing. You, you go, why, why in the world at least be miserable while you fail? That, that, that's an unconscious way of saying what we have already said. Why be miserable while I'm failing when I can measure the right things and put the right effort at the right time into it? So thank you for that. I, I think these are brilliant insights that every team and every leader on that team and every follower on that team needs to hear.
1: Well, Jim, thanks so much uh, for your your input to this today. I always think that we do this together. It's so much better, you know, because uh, you have a perspective on this and I have a perspective on it. And you're still in the trenches, yeah. you know, uh, in the middle of, of pastoring. I'm out. I'm outside yeah. of that. And so I think, uh, you know, sometimes I can, I can come across as, well, yeah, John, but you, you know, you're not in the fray. And uh, so it's great yeah. to have somebody in the fray. Along with me, that uh, brings perspective. So, Jim, wrap us up. Yeah. All right. Well, I just think
0: that you should take this and put it to work, guys. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think you should ask yourself great questions. Now, you know what? What are the desired outcomes? Is it in writing? Does my team know it? Are we celebrating it? Are we giving our best hours to it? And if you find the answer being, "Gee, I don't know," or "I don't have time for that right now," or "I'll get to that on my vacation three weeks from now," maybe. Maybe you you won't, and maybe you'll continue. What is that? That definition of insanity is continue to do the same things expecting a different outcome. So don't. It's time to get off the crazy train. It's time. It's time to get to sit still. And maybe in an hour you can clarify some of these things. Maybe uh, yeah. maybe that hour, maybe that half hour could be spent with somebody from Converge where we ask pointed questions and at least give you the blanks that need to be filled in. So we really do encourage that. And again, there's no cost. Convergecoach.com. Uh and you just you just press the link the, the connect button and we'll spend a half hour talking about this topic or anything else that's on your heart, anything else that's on your mind. We're a safe place. Uh we are we are discreet and we can help. And if we can't help, we promise you we won't lie and say that we can. We will send you to somebody who can. So Converge Coach is a would you call it a parachurch ministry? It's something that's for the church. It really is more than that, but it's It's, uh, we're here for you. We exist because you exist and might need us. That's why we're here. So uh, God bless you. We're praying for you. Congratulations. It is Tuesday and you didn't quit. You made it through another week. And we look forward to talking to you again soon as you continue to lead from a life.